Hello and welcome to Agony Aunt and Uncle, the podcast where we endeavour to be your aunt and uncle for your um, problems, your questions, but not in a professional capacity, more in a come round our place, have a cuppa, let's sit down and mull over it. Some may find us agonising, but others, why, why do they call it Agony Aunt and Uncle? Because you're sharing your agony. It's funny, isn't it? it, it it's not necessarily agony. Anyway, I mean, one of the things I was thinking, we just tried to do an intro before, but we fell off a cliff, mm. um, is we try never to say should, you should do something, or you could do something. Well, no, we do say you could. could. But we try not to say you should. should. There's no rights, there's no wrongs, there's no diagnosis. We're not sitting here in any way, shape or form saying this is what you ought to do, this is how you should resolve things, but we do share in our own experiences and we listen for similarities in your problems and your dilemmas and uh, even if we haven't fully experienced what, whatever it is you're going through, we certainly have a strong sense of how we would, say, behave or advise our children or people we love or Nephews each other. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I will kick off, shall I? Or do yes. you want to read the first one? Uh, OK, yeah, no, I'll go for this one. This really, this really stood out to me. Uh, this is anonymous um, and the person is aged 19. It's quite useful, actually, when you guys tell us how old you are. Mm. Um, hi, Nadia Mark. Uh, how do I overcome resentment I feel towards a parent who never paid attention or gave any physical or verbal affection growing up? Uh, barely says hello most days. I feel a deep sadness when I see other people whose parents are loving, affectionate, as I know this is something I won't have. I've tried to tell him numerous times, so presumably as a father, that I would like it if he was more present when we meet up. He is constantly on his phone and doesn't really try to make conversation. But it never ends well, so I can't bring it, bring it up again. I try my hardest to make the relationship good in spite of this, as it is one I cannot throw away. Although I know he loves me deep down, the total one-sidedness of the relationship often leaves me feeling either extremely angry or sad. How do I overcome this to make the best out of the relationship we have? Am I being childish? Mm. I mean, this spoke to me on so many different levels because I can relate to sort of so much of it. Obviously, again, as I just said in our intro, it's not that my experiences with my dear mum have been exactly the same, not at all. But, you know, for her own reasons, my mum was very young. She'd been through a lot of her own trauma um, as a teenager and as a child herself. Uh, she became uh, a mother very young. And so, you know, understandably, um, and I, you know, mum, if you, you hear this, uh, I'm sure you would agree. Um, parenting didn't come naturally. Uh, parenting wasn't necessarily something that she wanted to do, uh, but it was something that she felt compelled to do due to her own experiences of having had a child before, etc., etc. I'm only giving you this back background as a kind of caveat to the moments that I definitely felt in my childhood a sense of uh, perhaps not getting the attention nor the um, affection uh, or the type of affection that I wanted at the times that I needed it. So, no, quick, quick answer to your final question here is, am I being childish? Not at all. Absolutely not at all. Um, you know, I've often said, I mean, I've no, I never knew my father. And a big part of, um, you know, if you're, if you're talking about a sort of upbringing or a childhood where you've, you've a sense, essentially been neglected emotionally in some sense or, or left alone a lot on, uh, physically or emotionally or psychologically or anything. I mean, a really ex stark example of that is having no relationship with a the parent. They're completely absent. And in terms of that parent, you are always on your own because they're never there. And so... The weird thing about that is, you you know, we grow up in this society and in life thinking, oh, I had no relationship with my dad, so I have no problems with my dad. And as a therapist once said to me, you have 
as full a relationship as with your father, albeit he's not in your life, as you do with your mother, who was in your life. So, what you know, did she mean by that? What she means by that, it, it, just because someone isn't physically present, doesn't mean that their impact on you isn't every mm. minute, they every day, and the... complex, mm. and varied, and, and 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 varying and changeable. I mean, you know, my father had a role in my life. He just didn't happen to be there. The role of my father in my life was constructed by me in my head, in my heart, through my wants, through my desires, frustrations, etc., etc., etc. So. You know, and when you're a child, you're always a child. You know, there's this weird idea that you stop being a child at some point. You stop being under 18, but you are always someone's child. And I think it's always quite telling when you see grown I see it with Nadia and her parents. She sees it with me with my mum. I saw it with my mum with my nan. It's intriguing when you see real grown-up grown-ups revert to childlike states, if you like, when they're around their parents. So knock that into the long grass. You're not being childish at all. How do you overcome resentment? This is really hard. I mean, you know, the way you describe meeting up with him, I presume, again, as I say, it's your dad, um, you know, he's constantly on his phone. That's incredibly hard. That's incredibly hurtful. That's incredibly um, difficult. In Again, I'm never one to want to judge or prejudge someone else's behaviour if you don't know them. But what I would say is, you know, have a think about why. why is he like that? Could he be feeling shame, guilt, remorse. I don't know what the nature of your parents' split is. I don't know the nature of, of your relationship with both your parents. Um, so, you know, could his use of the phone be something other, something else other than just simply ignoring you in a sort of cold-hearted fashion? Could it be, you know, a, a social awkwardness? I mean, a lot of dads, especially, I don't, I presume, I don't know if you're a, a female, I don't know if you're a woman, um, you know, lots of dads can really struggle, actually, with being with their daughters. I mean, I think I could say I have done with all of my daughters at certain points, and that's not because I, you know, I don't know what to say to them, but there are just, that it's quite understandable that, that dads and daughters, at some point, it gets a bit awkward because you're not necessarily connected on the same topics or subjects or, you know, things are cha happening for you that are different to, you know, if you were, if it was a father with a son. I've always, I've only ever had and always had daughters. And I've noticed that if, if I'm honest with all of them, there is always a point at some point where rather fortuitously I can step back and mum, the mums sort of step in and fill that sort of breach where, you know, they need that sort of touchy-feely, hormonally kind of contact and communication, chat about boyfriends, all that kind of stuff, and then they can kind of come back to you. So I suppose what I'm trying to say is just because he's being like this when you meet him doesn't necessarily mean it's, it, it's, it's born of something really horrible or sinister. I mean, it, you know, I, I'm sort of being favourable here. But the fact that it leaves you like this is really is really sad, but really understandable. And you say that you've brought it up with him. When you bring it up with him, it just makes things even worse. So what do you do in that instance? It's very hard. I mean, I don't know if you have any of the, any other family members, whether he has a brother or sister, you have an aunt or an uncle, or if you have any other uh, siblings that you could reach out to to talk to talk about this with. Because, you know, you can't change someone else's behaviour. You can't make him be something that he can't be or doesn't want to be. And I think it's really important that you have to kind of, in a sense, I'm sure this will be part, part of what Nadia says, because she certainly says it to me a lot, um, it, which is, you know, you can't keep hoping for something that, that just isn't there. But I suppose all I'm trying to say is, is that it might not be there for reasons that aren't solely horrible 
or about you being, do you know what I mean? You know, so, but it's very hard as a child to not take that in and think, oh, it's because I'm not lovable or because I'm not likable or because I'm not this or I'm not that. Actually, he's a child too <laughs> and he's struggling with his own shit. The best thing I would say would be somehow to get into some kind of therapy, some kind of family therapy, some kind of, you know, mediation where this could be brought up. And I think that's something if, if you're 19, it's not, un, it's not uncommon. You know, I did it with Izzy. You know, family mediation is something that's 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 there that can be used a great deal, and it's a, it's available. You know, at not too costly a price either. You know, it's something that you can get through social services and stuff like that. But most importantly, what what are you in control of? And I'll then I'll shut up. What are you? In, you're in control of how you feel about yourself. It's not childish to feel like you're feeling. You have an absolute right to feel what you're feeling. It's your truth, so to speak. I think it's about trying to unpack what his truth is, where he's coming from, and that perhaps even if he can't change his behaviour for the better, even in perhaps doing some sort of, I don't know, investigation around his other family members, his background, his own experiences, what he's like, what he struggles with, it might just help you understand a bit more, which is what I've done with my mum. I really have grown to understand and sympathise with and respect the experiences she's had, which has perhaps sometimes on paper made her not appear to be a perfect mum, but, you know, she was trying her best. I, I agree with almost everything Mark has said, almost. First of all, it sounds to me it'd be very difficult for you to get him to mediation yeah. if he won't put his phone down. So that can always be a bit of um, a difficult thing if, if one makes the decision that you want to have this 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 kind of therapy and then the person says no that can leave you feeling um so yeah therapy is always a good idea it's very difficult to get hold of either on the nhs or even paying to get somebody good and then often they're not they cannot be very good mm. um so that is though i think that's good advice it is difficult to 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 get to get um this is really difficult because I agree with everything that Mark said. You know, this could be about his own fear, his own inability to communicate, his own lacking in fathering from his own father. Um, he, you know, are you every time meeting in a cafe or a restaurant? Is that never been his kind of thing? Is he not very good sitting in a cafe or restaurant? Might be better to think about going for a walk, like... When I want to talk to the kids about something heavy, I try and do it when I'm not sat opposite them because they don't want to look and they don't want to hear. Sometimes people who are a bit shy about talking are better if you talk to them on the move, doing something else. So that is all if, we, if we're thinking that he's a really nice guy that struggles with communication. I mean, I'm going to give you the other side of that, but also if he's a nice guy that struggles with communication... And I know I say this a lot, but I really do think it, it's a useful tool for us, for all of us with communication, is to write him a letter about how you feel. Because I imagine if you're trying to communicate with him on how you're left feeling by his behaviour and he's kind of on his phone and he's then awkward because you're suddenly confronting him with something, it's never going to go well. And he might revert back to old-fashioned parenting things. Well, stop being such a child just to make you stop. Whereas if you were to write him a letter, an email, a text... Well, he could get it on his phone. Yeah, he could get it on his phone. And you start it with, please, please, can I just ask you to read this to the end, first of all? 
And then you make sure, we've said this before, that there is no accusing in it because once you start accusing somebody, they then have to defend themselves and then you can get into this spiral. So if you all the way through say, you know, and think of some nice times you've had with them. You know, Dad, I know it's been difficult for both of us recently communicating, both of us, not just you. And I kind of miss and I want to connect more with you and I wonder what we could do that could be a better way, really conciliatory and try and touch his heart by how much you miss him. And it's difficult now because you're a bit older, but, you know, he's still your dad and he's still the guy that you want to reach out to. So that's a possibility if he's a nice guy. I've got a friend who has been going through stuff with her dad for years and years and years. He is 100% a narcissist. Like, like all, of our, all of her friends say it. She has now broken contact with him um, after a lifetime of putting up with his shit, with his ignoring her and then making her feel guilty about everything, her constantly questioning her own self and her own character and this and that. So that could also be the situation that you're possibly in. So mm. I think it's a good idea, it's like Mark said, to talk to other people that know him mm. and say, you know, I don't know what it is. I, I just, I, I wish me and dad could connect more. And then you might, with people that you trust, maybe an aunt, maybe somebody, and they might say, do you know, listen, love, he's always been a right bastard. <laughs> or listen, yeah, he wants that too. You know, and I just think da, da, da. And be open to the fact that possibly you're doing something wrong. But if you've got red flags that have gone up often, has he always been selfish has he never listened to anyone else is it all about him is every is every situation every family situation everything about what he needs and what he wants because if that's the case and I agree with Mark we can't change we can't change anyone mm -hmm. we can only change our response to that person and you know I have a lovely mum and dad but I spent a lot of time when I was growing up wanting this from them that other people's parents gave them. You know, I wanted my mum to be affectionate. She wasn't, but she gave me affection in other ways that I was able to see once I was older. My dad, I wanted him to be just a bit more in our world because, you know, he was a foreigner. He never knew when Christmas was. He didn't celebrate birthdays. But then, you know, now at my age, I look and I go, God, look at all the riches that he gave me emotionally mm. and everything. And Mark and I talk all the time about our resentment with our parents because everybody, it's, it's, it's a rite of passage. So on the question of dealing with the resentment, it is about constantly processing it, mm. saying it's okay that I feel this way and no parent is perfect. And we always say to our girls, we're just adult children desperately trying to work out what we're supposed to do next. A lot of parents can't admit that they've ever done anything wrong and that's difficult, but you are just gonna have to find a way and find acceptance, look for the good if there is any. If there's none, then, you know, maybe distance yourself more. in which case if there is none i would recommend that you distance. do some and also you do mm. somehow would and possibly would benefit from some kind of therapy talking therapy for yourself because mm. those those resentments it won't just be resentments it'll be hurt it'll be, yeah. it'll be grief and if he you know if he's a lovely guy who has trouble communicating i think some of what we said here will open his heart if he is a difficult man if he is 
has narcissistic qualities, um, if he has a problem with drink, if he's any of those things. There are so many groups, adult children of alcoholics, you know, the ch thehorribleparent.com is a website that Davina, because um, she had a real struggle with her mum, Honestly, she recommends it all the time. So maybe reach out to thehorribleparent.com. They're also on Instagram. Because so often just sharing with other people that might be going through the same stuff mm. is incredibly powerful. Mm. Um, I, would say, I would say one of the things that I do that helps me all the time when I'm struggling with an emotion about my parents, less so with my father because it's an absent situation. Choices were made. They were his choices. And I struggle with that. Um, but in a, interestingly, I should really utilize the same standard really to him or hold, the, hold, the, hold, hold him to the same standard as I am my attitude to my mum, because it might actually help me in my resentments. Cause you pro probably felt just a little bit of resentment there in the way that I said that about my father, uh, having made his choices to not be in my life. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, is that by what, what certainly worked with my mum is by humanising her. And what I mean by that is by really taking yourself out of the equation for a bit and looking at who they were, where they came from, what their origin story was, how they may have ended up where they've ended up at, really does help. Again, it doesn't change them and it doesn't mean that things are going to get easier. But it, and it doesn't it, mean you have to, it, your, your feelings around it are invalid. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it doesn't mean that you're childish and it doesn't mean that you're selfish to feel what you're feeling and all those kind of things, but it just takes some of the heat it's out of it. It's the story. The thing is, there comes a point with every person where they have to take their parents off the pedestal because mm. every child, even children that are treated just appallingly abused, have their parents on a pedestal. Mm. They're human, they're fallible, they make mistakes, they smell, they go to the toilet, they can fart, they can all the normal things of a human being they have to come off the pedestal and we want unconditional love from our parents and sometimes we have to look at how do we love them in spite of all their in spite of all their foibles mm. and also the other way to help with the resentment is to think about you may or may not want to be a parent, I don't know, but you you certainly would want to be a friend, you'd certainly want to be a good colleague, all the other things that we are in life. And so what you can do by dealing with the resentment is, is think, my parent has these things that I look at and I don't like about them, and that's something I'm going to learn from and I'm going to try really hard to fix in myself. Because hopefully with each generation, we better ourselves than the one before, so by taking proactive action about yourself, because you have power over yourself, you don't have much power over anyone else, that can be a salve. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that helps. Yeah. I hope that helps. A yeah. little bit, do a little bit of investigating, a little bit of research around his background, his story. It really, his it, does, story. it does help, it's a huge help. Okay, um, I've been with my partner for 14 years, not married by choice, but the last year has probably been our worst. We've had violent outbursts by him in the past and this has mainly stopped, but it feels like he's replaced the violence with criticisms and constant disrespect. He started not coming home at night on say a Friday or Saturday. This has happened four times over the last six months and he says he's out drinking and he's not cheating. 
I'm not sure whether to believe it, don't blame you, but it's a really toxic situation. He now fears I'm going to leave him. He's upset and crying, etc. So it ends up me being the one comforting him all the time. Got to change that, haven't we? For the first time in this relationship, I feel like leaving him. I've really had enough. We're at a crossroads and I'm unsure where to go. I'm 41 and although I work full-time financially, I couldn't afford to live on my own. And with this cost of living, so it means moving back to mums, etc. Any advice would be really appreciated. Oh, <laughs> I just want to put my arms around you. The thing that's... 41, my 40s were some of the best years of my life. You are young at 41. That's what I would say. You may not feel it, but you are young at 41. Mm. So I'm going to be quite out there with this, because if you were my niece and you were around here and I was your auntie, I would say 14 years where there has been violence and where the violence has now been replaced with constant criticism and disrespect and now has escalated to being out all night and drinking and you have fear of cheating. That sounds fucking horrible. Mm. That sounds like a really horrible way to live. I'm not hearing in any of this letter that you love him, that you care for him, that you at any point feel cherished or loved. It sounds to me, and as a rescuer myself, it sounds to me, I'm not saying that it is, that you are rescuing him. Rescuing can take a huge amount of energy to the point where you feel, you can feel you don't have enough energy to leave. And the reason for that is you're using all your energy to stay. Um, I would never say to anyone, you should or you must leave this person. But what I would say is, Imagine another 10 years, imagine another 20 years. Can you picture that? Is that? Is this what you want at 50 or 60? Because it sounds to me, though I could be wrong, he's not taking any responsibility for his actions and for his own self. Now, if you love him and you know deep down he's a really good person and he's struggling with addiction or whatever, it's extremely rare for somebody to get help whilst a person is still there rescuing them and looking after them and picking up the pieces. We learnt this when Mark was in rehab. Absolutely, they say in rehab. As long as there's somebody picking them back up, it's very unlikely they'll get help. So these are the things you could think about. You could think about possibly drawing a really, really stern boundary where you say, I can't take this anymore. And you have to be really careful with this because there's violence involved. And, and sometimes when a person leaves can be the most dangerous time. So I would recommend if that's the case, if there is fear involved, that you do speak to refuge and get advice from that because to suddenly leave is, is, can be very dangerous. So take some advice from refuge or a similar um, um, organisation and then think about if you actually want him drawing a really clear boundary, which is I am not going to be able to maintain this relationship and stay in this relationship as long as you are drinking and as long as you are not taking any responsibility for your actions. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and I can't do this anymore. Again, make sure you speak to Refuge first. Um, what I would also say if you were my niece or my daughter, I would say, yep, yeah, 
It ain't great to have to go back to your mum, but if you're in danger, if you're desperately unhappy, if the thought of another 20, 30, 40 years of this is unbearable, you might just have to have the discomfort. Um, the way that you're living is horrible. The way that he's living is horrible. I don't know if he's a nasty bastard, I don't know, or if he's just somebody that's really struggling and has... He could have mental health issues, that he's medicating with alcohol. He may not be cheating, but I can understand why you feel he is. You know, this is all on you. And, yeah, you, you've got to get the wood from the trees here. If another thing that you could do is go to Al-Anon, which is for families and um, uh, loved ones of people struggling with addiction, um, and then you could get some support like that. Um... But, but the, I think what, what I'm hearing in this letter is this can't go on in the way that it is going on. So, yeah. Um, the, the line in this that really keeps standing out to me a lot, as, as Nadia was talking, was I've been with my partner for 14 years, not married by choice. Now, I'm presuming from that either it's an arranged marriage of some form or certainly, you know... I'm no, not... no, she didn't get married out of choice. She didn't want to get married. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. she's not married. I've been with my partner for 14 years, not married by choice. Not no, I think she meant choice. she hasn't she didn't chosen have a choice to in getting be married. married. Oh, yeah. oh, it's interesting. Oh, I don't know. I think it could be oh, either I way. That. Sorry, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm incorrect. I've been with my partner for 14 years, not married by choice, but the last year... Not married by choice. I didn't, okay. have a, I didn't have a choice. In that. Well, OK, I read that as an arranged right. marriage of some form or a marriage of convenience or a marriage... That oh, interesting, because been... I read it as I don't want to get married to him. I've been in with 14 years, not married out right. of my choice. But uh, you're okay. right, it could be either way. Well, I mean, OK, well, let's say if, if it's a cultural thing or not or whatever, a social thing, and even if it's the way that Nadia thinks it is, um, you know, maybe that explains why though it doesn't justify in any way, shape or form. I'm a huge advocate of understanding why people have outbursts of behaviour or why things spill out in certain ways. If you don't understand, you can't solve. If you can't solve, you don't resolve. And, you know, as I say, as I read that, I'm seeing something in there in that first line of your dilemma, which is about a lack of choice whether it be your choice, his choice, and maybe that lack of choice is what's leading him to feel, as Nadia just kind of suggested towards the end there, that he's not happy, clearly. He's clearly not happy. And you've hit a point, so you know, where, where you're for the first time thinking, actually, maybe things need to change. If, if you were my daughter, I would be saying exactly what Nadia said at the end there. You mustn't be thinking about the practicalities. It, they, they are irrelevant. You, you have to do what's right for you. To be um, safe. To be safe. Um, and if that means going back to mum, so be it. If that means you take a financial hit in the short term, so be it. Um, you know, you've, if you've got a mum and you've got people who can pick the pieces up for you and look after you, then that, then that take advantage of that, obviously. Um, but I think if it's also, you know, you're 41, as Nadia says, that's no age. So it's not like, you, you know, you can you could sit there and go, oh, but I've spent all this time and what a waste. But we could all think that of so many relationships we've all had in our lives. It's just not the case. Now is now. And at now, at 41, you've got so much ahead of you. So if you were to be making an enormous life change difference, you know, in terms of this relationship, then, you know, it's, it's as good a time as any for it to happen. But it's, it sounds to me like he's deeply unhappy too. 
you know, the not married by choice phrase that sticks out to me a lot. How much is he feeling that? How much are you now feeling that? And how much has this marriage been about you both trying to make something that wasn't wholly of your choice or, you know, your choosing? You're trying to make something work that doesn't necessarily have to work or, or, or needs to be allowed not to work, you know? And so, of course, the, the next kind of best thing is relate, uh, relationship counselling and all that kind of stuff. If he's genuinely fearful and if he's genuinely sorry and if he's genuinely now upset and crying, as you say he is doing, because he's feeling that you're drifting away and moving away, then th that really is a good opportunity, a moment with him, given that he's been violent in the past, to say to him, well, OK, well, look, if you're feeling this, then perhaps we need to go to some kind of therapy. I hate to kind of say that therapy is the, is the be-all and end-all. It's not. But also, it can be. And, you know, it's hard to get it all the time. But it, there are also, you know, services like Relate that can help. I went to Relate right at the beginning in my, in my early 20s with my first relationship. So, you know, in a weird way, you might be at a point now where he's more receptive to some kind of therapeutic chat, you know. Or, well, I've, I've or think... even a chat with other members of your family. But I think maybe. from the sounds of it, and I've just seen here that you've said I've really had enough, from the sounds of it... And I could be wrong. He ain't going to do that as long as he thinks he can get away with crying yeah, and uh, getting upset. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know this, Mark. You know, you know that mm. how often somebody that is using alcohol will not stop that no. unless they feel their arse on the fire. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm hearing is you're sick and tired of being sick. You say, I can't do it anymore. It's toxic. I'm at a crossroads. Well, you're at the crossroads. And what are the two signs saying? More of this shit? Or a chance of different mm. shit. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, those are, those are your two options. You probably feel a lot older than 41 mm. because you've been putting up with this for 14 years mm. and the constant derision and disrespect, the violence of that. It's like um, somebody very close to me that was in a violent relationship and she always said everyone was always obsessed with what he did to me physically. She goes, but it was what he did to me mm. mentally was so much worse, the constant derision. You know, I think, I think it's good you're sick and tired. I think it's good you're at a crossroads and I think that you need whoever is your support. I mean, I don't know, your mum might not be a supportive person, mm. but whoever it is, say, I need this because people that love you will know this isn't mm. right. Um, and reach out and really believe, I'm telling you, the strength you are using to stay is the strength you can use if you leave. But I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i said it three times, I'm going to say it again. Don't just get up and leave no. because I don't know what your situation is. You must contact Refuge or something like that to get proper support and advice. You know, I've seen sometimes this online, you know, when people say, I'm in a violent relationship and everyone starts going, leave now, mm, leave mm, now. No, no. It, it can be a very dangerous it's point. It's recommended so not to be done like that. Really recommended not to be done like that. And can we just both put our loving arms around you? Yeah. Because 14 years of that, mm. that's I mean, a lot. I mean, the thing I'm trying to suggest about some kind of dialogue somewhere is you may be surprised to find how in the same place you both are. Yes, he, um, you know... It could be his drinking that's making him cry in a manip manipulative fashion. But, you know, it, it, this could be one of those classic situations where when, you know, when, when everything sort of kind of falls into place, actually, you're both you're both at the same place in this relationship. He's dem he's expressing it in a horrible, corrosive, 
angry, damaging, belittling fashion, you're in a state of flux and sort of, you know... But she says he's always out. been like this. But, yeah, so... He's always been like yeah. this. 14 years mm. of, of that, uh, you know, that that's... You know, you can get therapy on how to leave, you know, and again, refuge and these other these other organisations are good for mm. advising on that if mm. you want, if you decide that's the crossroads you want to take. But 14 years of somebody treating you like that, that's very ingrained, isn't it? So, Tough. oh, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so sending sorry. You love, sending you love. Oh, you know, I have friends that are, that are and have been in relationships like this coercive control constantly knocking you down. Mm. So that you can't even decide whether you're having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee without questioning yourself. So it will take a lot of strength if you decide to go right instead of left, but you can do it with the right support. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You know, again, thank you so much, guys, for sharing mm. these really personal things. And we do take it really seriously and we really take it to mm. heart. And, you know, just to reiterate, sometimes we might veer off a bit into, well, we think you should do this, but... We really are just hoping that we can just help you think in a different way or maybe talk to somebody extra or, you know, just a little bit of holding for you for the next yeah, bit of your life. Sometimes it's about just kicking a little bit of kind of, ox you know, getting a bit of oxygen in there so that you think, oh, there's maybe there's a different way of viewing yeah. this. It might not change the net result. It might not change how you feel, but sometimes just a slightly different perspective on something can just help rejig things. And, you, you know, and it can just puncture some resentment and anxiety and and frustration and sadness, you know, so. So thank you. Please hit the subscribe button and the notification bell if you're on YouTube. And if you're listening on podcast, please like, please share, please tell other people. And if you know somebody that's struggling a bit at the moment, um, you know, get them to to um, send us their question. And also just join us over on YouTube because we have so much content going on over there. Bye, Lots guys. of love. Bye. Bye. Well done.